Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Dimitri. I am very pleased to have Homer and Lily. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. Hi, thank you for having us. Hey, everybody. All right. So before we begin, I'd like to go over the main topic of today's podcast, which is the artist Christo Jabashev and a few of his artworks. To begin, I'll go over the case study. <clears throat> the recent projects of the contemporary artist Christo, such as Running Fence, Valley Curtain, Surrounded Islands, and Pont Neuf Wrapped which consists of hundreds of thousands of yards of fabric or plastic draped or hung over natural features of the earth have taken many years from conception to realization. To some extent, this is because the projects are controversial and have required permission from various government and private agencies for their construction. But Christo is fully aware that his projects will raise these issues and insists that the work of art is not merely the physical object finally attained, but the whole process, the surveys, the engineering, the leasing, the fabricating, the assembling, the hearings, and the rest of it. Every complex worth of art from Michelangelo's sculptures to Steven Spielberg's films, requires a long process of planning and realization. Suppose Michelangelo had said that his sculptures were not merely the physical object finally attained, but the whole process. Cutting the marble blocks at Carrara, shipping them to Florence, and settling the controversies over the final location of the statue. Or suppose that Spielberg insisted that even a delay in filming due to a severe storm or a strike by the electrical workers was part of the work of art, part of the film he was making. Are these three cases essentially similar? Or can a case be made that Christo's work, unlike traditional art, or even contemporary art in established media, ceases to be the mere physical construction on a natural site, but a project with extended temporal boundaries, whereby the social context of its realization takes on aesthetic import. So before we go over the case study, I'd like your opinions on a few things that'll help us answer the questions of the case study. So my first question to both of you is, what is contemporary art? Contemporary art is the art that is produced and created in our own modern day present life. It is an ever evolving category that includes a wide variety of forms, styles, and artistic forms. Contemporary art includes art forms such as installations, digital art, sculptures, photography, etc. It is a diver diverse category that does not disclude any type of fo art form. Okay. Thank you, Lily. Homer, do you have anything to say? Um, I was going to say contemporary art is art that is created in our 
like right now, like in our modern days. Mm-hmm. And basically everything else Lily was going to say. Okay, so I, I, I see where you guys are coming from. So in my personal opinion, contemporary art is the art that we consume that has been produced within the 20th and 21st centuries. So it's kind of along the lines of what you guys are saying. So like I said before, we are talking about Christo Javasha. And he um, was could be identified as a contemporary artist. So that being said, um, who was Christo and what was known about his wife? So Christio was an American-Bulgarian-born artist who primarily was known for his large-scale environmental uh, installations that would wind around landscapes and structures of all kinds. Uh, Christio was a prominent figure in the contemporary art realm that was renowned for his temporary art installations and creative vision. His wife, Jeanne Claude, was his artistic and personal partner. Some of the well-known artwork that they created together included the umbrellas, the gates, and running fence. Unfortunately, in November of 2009, his wife passed away, but her husband, Christio, continued to create more artwork in his in her honor. Okay. Homer? Um, I was also going to say um, she was an artist noted, noted for her large-scale site-specific environmental installations and often large landmarks and landscape elements wrapped in fabric okay yeah so i i had um, a couple interesting things um that i found while i was researching the the pair um first off it's not necessarily connected to art but i did see that they were actually born on the same day in the same year which was an interesting thing to uh to observe and another thing was uh their their child was actually born out of wedlock because uh john 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 claude she was she was scheduled to be married and she had an affair with christo which led to the birth of their child so it was interesting how christo was moving from home from his homeland to places like prague vienna Switzerland, Paris, where she where he met John Claude, and eventually they did move to New York City, where they would both pass, as Lily had mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting to see observe how John was educated in Latin and philosophy before meeting Christo, while Christo's early education always revolved around learning about the arts. So, like you guys said they would be renowned for their extraordinary art projects using different types of material and fabrics and would cover over certain environments. And they were dedicated to their practice too, as many of these installations would span years and even decades. Although, according to to the couple, the point of their work was to spread joy and allow viewers to see everyday sights in a new perspective. So you guys have seen some of Christo's work yes yes I have okay yes. um so the, the works that I would like to go over today are running fence valley curtain surrounded islands and point north wrapped so uh we'll just go over each one individually and either one of you or both of you can give me your introspection about each piece 
So we'll begin with running fence, if any of you would like to talk about it. Yeah, so um, to start off with running fence, uh, it was a monumental art installation that included a whopping 24.5 miles uh, fabric fence that was made of um, a white nylon fabric. This uh, piece of work ran through the California countryside, through roads, hills, fields, and stretched all the way to the Pacific Ocean. Um, the significance of this art installation was to show the um, reciprocation of the natural environment and art in nature. This idea from Christio and his wife was to create a piece of work that was temporary and interacted with nature itself. The white fabric fence was used as a dynamic and fluid element, but also showed the traditional concept of boundaries. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Lily. Uh, Homer, if you have anything to mention about running fence. Oh, yes. The running fence um, also made me think about the Great Wall of China. This mm -hmm. by the way it moves around through the landscape area. Okay. Yeah, it does. They do look quite similar, and especially in terms of their structure. So the running fence actually was a very interesting piece to research as it adds to my my previous mention how their their projects would take years to complete. So this particular project, the running fence, it took three and a half years to create. And not just that, but it was also a very expensive project as it costed millions of dollars. And even though they had made it as a piece of art, the, the piece did raise a lot of controversy in the art sphere over whether or not it deserved to be called art, which is something interesting to think about, especially in regards to the case study. Anyway, we'll move on to Valley Curtain, if any of you would like to, to talk about it. Yeah, so Valley Curtain um, was a ginormous art installation uh, that was an orange curtain, um, and it was 200,000 square feet. Uh, it's suspended across a valley in Colorado. This curtain was held up by steel cables and was specifically designed to fit the entire width of the valley. The significance of this piece was the dramatics of it um, put into the landscape. The orange color and how big it was was meant to create a bold contrast with the surrounding environment. Um, and it remained in place for about 28 hours. Okay. Yeah. Um, same thing with the vibrant uh, orange colors. And it only lasted 28 hours because of the strong winds that shredded through the fabric. Right. Yeah, that was a pretty interesting thing to, to learn about. Um, so another interesting like part about their projects is typically they only last about 14 days or two weeks per, per project just because of the environmental aspects or the environmental impacts that these pieces would have should had they not been taken down. But it is very interesting and uh, pretty unfortunate how the Valley Curtain was only up for 28 hours. But I think that it adds to its connection to the environment. And another thing is, it's uh, interesting because it was was it as big as the running fence, being only thousand two hundred fifty feet in width and only four hundred thousand uh, dollars in in terms of expenses. So mm -hmm. 
next one was a uh, was a project that was done in Miami, and I'm sure that both of you have researched it. But it was the surrounding islands installed in Biscayne Bay. Would you like to to start? Yeah. So uh, the surrounding islands, uh, Biscayne Bay art piece was six point five million square. Uh, feet um, of pink woven fabric that extended to the water of the surrounding islands. The significance of this piece was to create an ecological connection with land and sea um, between the islands. This was meant to give a new meaning to artwork and nature. Okay. Howard? Um, yes, the surrounded islands was um, Christo and John's most expensive art piece and still is to this date. Okay. Yeah, it was very expensive. I do not remember the exact price, but it was a very, a very expensive project. So yeah, uh, the surrounding islands was 11 spoil islands um, being surrounded by the pink fabric, as Lily had mentioned. Uh, it was interesting because it was made in, like you said, it was made in respect to see the interactions between the land and the water. And specifically, how Miami residents interacted with the city whether it was through the beaches or like in the land. And the couple would also receive support from such places as the Miami Gate Public Library System, as well as taking three years to inform themselves of the environmental impacts of their art project. And they even ran experiments with the fabric to create a fabric that would cause the smallest amount of consequences for the environment. Mm -hmm. And lastly, we have the Pont Neuf Rat. Yeah, so the Pont Neuf Rat was a 450,000 square foot installation of sand colored fabric that wrapped around the Pont Neuf Bridge located in Paris. Um, and that included everything um, like lampposts and sidewalks. Uh, the significance of this project was to change the perception of this well-known bold landmark in Paris, it created a temporary and transitional statement that helped people see uh, the landmark in a new light. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lily. Homer? Um, it was also used to bring back nature into an urban environment and was created in September 22nd, 1985. And the name is ironic because it is distinguished it from older bridges that were lined on both sides with houses. Hmm. Okay. All right. Thank you, Homer. Uh, yeah, uh, the Pont Neuf Rat is a very interesting concept as the, I believe, the Pont Neuf Bridge it resides in the heart of Italy. Uh, it, it did involve a lot of people, too. 300 professional workers and over 400,000 square feet of the fabric, as Lily had mentioned. Uh, as it was also a task to make sure that the the project and the fabric didn't interrupt traffic, whether that had been in the water or on the road. So what Christo and the rest of his team did was they would put the fabric on the sidewalks, on the lampposts, and they would tie it around with rope and metal chains as to not obstruct traffic, as I mentioned. Um, it is interesting to know that between all of these projects, the couple would always make sure to take the installations down after a short period of time, around two weeks on average, as I mentioned before. 
And it's also interesting to see how they refuse to take sponsorships for their for their work, as they believe that should they have taken sponsorships, that could interfere with their artistic liberty of the processes that they went through. So in regards to sponsorships and collaborating with people, how did Christo collaborate with government and private agencies for the construction of his art installations? Yeah, so he had to do this for several of his art installations, um, and mm -hmm. the process included many negotiations and meetings with law enforcement. Um, there were also several detailed studies to assess the governmental impact and their possible effects on the surrounding areas in which they planned to put their art installations. They would also um, they also did several fundraising projects to help aid the costs of the installation. Um, additionally. They also use the public to help the engagement of their ideas in construction aspects. There was a lot of thought put behind how they you what they use and how it would look and feel. Um, the installation of their art would often be brought up as a significant public event. The unveiling of the final art piece, as well as the fact that it was temporary, would often draw the public eye. After the art installations would be complete, they would always make sure to recycle or reuse to ensure the lowest impact on the environment. Right. I, I do remember that um, being mentioned in the running fence when I was doing research on the fence. Um, the, all, the, all the material that was used was actually given to the 59 ranchers who had their, had their private property ran through for Christo's project. And yeah, um, they were difficult at times. Um, obviously, they worked out in the end as they were able to create and display their installations, but they did have to go through a lot of co consent and confirmations from government officials, uh, su superior courts, and like I said, you know, individuals, such as the case was for the 59 ranchers. But again, they would also have a lot of support um, from government entities like I mentioned before, the Miami-Dade Public Library System, who would aid in the smooth sailing of the, of the project. So that being said, um, how do you guys feel about the process of creating art in regards to its it being integral to the overall artwork? Do you guys think that the entire process is Im as important as the final product of the of the artwork or would you say that it is mainly the the final vision that is integral um that's a good question um i feel like you know all of the aspects of creating art to the final product is extremely important and um you know just the creative process itself um yeah that's that's my view on that Okay. Omar, do you have anything to say? Yes, I'd say building up to it doesn't matter that much. It's just how well the viewers take the final product. Okay. Okay. Both interesting observations. So as we have observed with Christo and John, an artwork's, in my opinion, um, an artwork's significance goes much past the final product, as evident from the fleeting amount of time, relatively, that each pace was up for I believe that Christo was much more interested in the process of his work, specifically mm -hmm. the planning, receiving permission, researching environmental impacts, 
and collaborating with other fields of work like engineers. It is easy to see why many people are more interested in the final product of an artwork, as it is typically seen as an artist's culmination of all their work, essentially allowing people to skip out on all the hard work and in-between decision-making that was involved in that process. This is in no way the fault of the average person, however, and it is simply a result of the way that art has been perceived in society. With Crystal's work, viewers may not completely understand why the product has any significance under the lens of how we typically see art, myself included. So as I was looking at a lot of Crystal's artwork, a lot of it didn't really make sense to me, and the point of why he created those artworks weren't readily available to me until I did the research as to why he made those artworks or his process, which was a lot more detailed and his process about going about all the things to make sure his artwork would be displayed the way that he wanted it to was very interesting to, to see. Um, mm. However, getting that context necessary is important for artists like Christo as it gives viewers a heightened sense of appreciation for the culmination of the collaboration of hundreds of people working together over years at a time to reach a goal. That being said, I'd like to start going back to the, the case study, asking about how the three cases of Michelangelo, uh, Steven Spielberg, and Christo's work, whether or not they are similar. Um, so going towards Michelangelo, you guys, you guys are aware of who Michelangelo is, right? Yes. Okay. So um, why don't you guys just tell me a bit about him, uh, where he was from, where he worked, and his significance in in relation to the art history. Yeah. So Michelangelo was a renowned Italian artist from the 1400s and 1500s. He primarily lived in Florence and Rome. Uh, he's considered to be one of the most influential artists in history for many reasons, including uh, the following. So Michelangelo was extremely versatile artist who worked with a diverse amount of art forms and mediums such as architecture, painting, and sculptures. This created a lot of creative freedom in his artwork and designs. Uh, in regards to the relationship between Michelangelo and the case study at hand, uh, they're connected by Renaissance art, which is hugely characterized by new ideas of classic art forms, humanism, and artistic expression. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Lily. Uh, Homer, do you have um, anything to say about Michelangelo? Um, yes, Michelangelo was most known for his David of Michelangelo, um, his Sistine Chapel ceiling, and then the creation of Adam. Okay, yeah. So he he was known for his famous frescoes and his sculptures, like David, as you both have mentioned, and the creation of Adam, which is typically uh, considered his masterpiece. So it's very interesting how iconic the Michelangelo was, as back in the day he was actually referred to as Il Divino which is, in English, is the divine one. Um, so I think that goes that goes to show just how respected he was in the, the field of art. So his, his artwork also um, 
revolved around religion, as both of you may know. He was a devout Catholic throughout his lifetime and would obviously be seen in his artworks like David and the creation of Adam. Uh, he was also known for being a poet, uh, writing over 300 sonnets and madrigals. And in my in my perspective, there is a deep connection between Michelangelo and Christo and the overall case study, as they were both individuals whose artistic processes were long and arduous, spending years of their lives for a single art piece at a time. For example, the, the sculpture, David, it took many years, it took about three years, I believe, to complete, which is just one of many artworks that he had worked on over his late lifetime. Similarly, as to Christo, who also worked on year-spanning art pieces. So there's a material that Michelangelo had used throughout his, especially with his sculptures, which was Carrara marble. So do any of you know, uh, what Carrara marble is and how it relates to Michelangelo? Yeah, so uh, Carrara marble is obviously located in the city of Carrara, uh, which was is a huge source of the marble that was used in several of Michelangelo's artworks. Um, mm -hmm. The artistic legacy that like this marble and Michelangelo's use of it as part of that uh, as part of the legacy that um, Michelangelo left. So I feel like it's like a huge connection because that was one of the main things that um, he used in most of his sculptures and such. Okay. So, yeah. So um, revolving that back to the case study, um, I'll reiterate it. Um, suppose Michelangelo had said that his sculptures were not merely the physical object finally attained, but the whole process. Uh, cutting the marble blocks at Carrara, shipping them to Florence, and setting the controversies over the final location of the statue, or suppose that Spielberg insisted that even a delay in filming due to a severe storm or strike by electrical workers was part of the work of art, part of the film he was making. Would any of you like to, to respond to that? Um, I just I agree. I think that, you know, the emphasis of the the artistic process with all of their art pieces, um, which are in different ways, but um it really highlights the the process that they had to take and um everything that went behind it. Right. I think I think uh I, I agree you on on some stance, um, especially in regards to Michael and Christo. Because, like I mentioned before, they would rely on using uh, materials that they would need to be shipped for them. Uh, this could be seen in, for example, the Surrounding Islands project, which required the fabric to be transferred uh, hundreds of miles to, the, look, to Miami to be installed onto the islands. Uh, however, in my opinion, I think that Spielberg, the the question of Spielberg and his and whether or not he could consider a severe storm or strike by electrical workers could be considered a part of the art because unlike Christo and Michelangelo, Spielberg would be 
that process would be due to outside forces out of his control. And that's not necessarily to say that Michelangelo and Christo's um, pieces aren't out of control as they do have to wait for the, for the amount of time for their materials to be shipped to them. But mm -hmm. I think that there's a difference between waiting for the materials that you are 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 waiting for and are paying for versus the situation of Spielberg, which which is again due to natural natural causes such as the severe storm or the electrical workers on on uh, on a strike because like I like like I said those aren't necessarily because caused because of him so they I don't think that they can necessarily be considered a part of the art that he is making. But that is that that's just my opinion. I, yeah, interesting. Uh what what do you guys think? Um yeah, I don't disagree. <laughs> I think it's an interesting view. Um I I think that obviously like Steven Spielberg's films like a lot of it was collaborative and storytelling with with uh act actors and actresses and you know everything that goes behind the film like scripting shooting and editing um yeah that's kind of what i have to say about that okay uh homer do you have um do you have any do you have your two cents um yeah i agree with what you said okay um so uh my last question or last couple of questions um can a case be made that Christo's work, unlike traditional art or even contemporary art in established media, ceases to be mere physical construction on a natural site, but a project with extended temporal boundaries whereby the social context of its realization takes on aesthetic import? So I think we already gone over this uh, conversation in regards to, excuse me, the mere or, a, or his art ceases to be the mere physical construction on a natural site. As we mentioned, you know, there's the process aspect, uh, the creating the artwork, so going around and asking people, government officials, and asking individuals like engineers to assist with the work. But I think there's a bit more. So in, in terms of the social context and its realization on aesthetic import, so... I just wanted your guys' opinions on that. Um, I think that, you know, in regards to art being, um, uh, what's the word? Um, interpreted by, um, the the audience and such. Um, I think that it. Honestly, I'm not. I'm not too sure. <laughs> I, I'm going to give this one to Homer. Okay. Um, I'm at a loss of words too. Okay. Uh, that's fine. I think that in terms of the social context, I think a lot of it goes into how art is perceived at the time. So obviously, like I said before, art in today's society is typically looked at, at least for the the final products of the 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 work. And I think that, again, it is not the fault of the, the common individual. It's just the culmination of how art has been perceived throughout the years. Because, you know, 
usually when you go look at art, you look at it at a museum or you see it online and you typically, you know, th those, those two aspects aren't typically connected or uh, given a, like a, like a, like a look, like a look into how the, the artist worked on it. Obviously online, you could, an artist could uh, implement a, like a video or something like that to show their artwork being created in the process. But obviously like when you look at it in a museum, you can't really see that process. So I think that again, it goes back to Christo's philosophy of, you know, changing the way that we see everyday places like uh, like the mountain ranges in the in the Valley Curtain art project and the Pont New Fret, how we usually see it there. I think that it's kind of like uh, it, it kind of changes like the context of of how we how we see things, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think I think that that at that, that is my response to the the question. But I also want to say, um, if you like back in the day, like many many years ago, people looked at art as more of a emotional and a romantic thing. And probably somebody back then looking at the art Christo did, it'd be less romantic and more just like maybe they take it to be lazy or just like outlining a bridge or outlining an island. Right, right. Um, I see what you mean. Um, in regards to that, yeah, I think uh, I think that it's just like a result of how art and how we view it has changed throughout the years. Thank you for that, Homer. Um, all right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us so much today, uh, Lily and Homer. I really appreciate it. This concludes the Exploring Art podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon, and remember to stay curious.